Hey everyone, welcome to Beargrass Christian Church Podcast. It's great to be with you today. I'm Dee Decker, Communications Director here at Beargrass, and we are in the midst of a sermon series called A New Spirit. And the season of Pentecost has begun, and we're taking some time to celebrate God's gift of the Spirit to the church. Although Acts 2 describes the Spirit arriving in a dramatic way, there are also references to the Spirit many times uh, in many years before Pentecost. In this episode, we focus on God's gift of a new spirit of hope. Hope is one of a number of significant theological words that kind of tend to lose its power and punch in the way we use it in our conversations. We often hope for things that uh, may not be all that high on God's priority list. We hope it's sunny for our picnics. We hope our team wins. We hope we win the lottery. We hope a lot. But what does God hope for? For an end to poverty? injustice and hunger, for an end to dissension and strife and war, for the health and well-being of the environment. I think God hopes for us to do something about these things. Let's hear from our senior pastor, Dr. Lee Bond. Thank you, Susan. And just want to give a give the Beargrass Choir a little bit of shout out. You know, there was there were no robes behind us today because uh, the choir's uh, getting a much deserved break during uh, the month of uh, July and today. And so we we're thankful for all of our choir members, and we're thankful for folks like Sandy who are willing to share their gifts of music uh, in worship. So uh, appreciate you all being here. The season of Pentecost began a few weeks ago. We've been thinking about the theme, a new spirit and variations of the kinds of gifts that God gives to us. Uh, so far, we've thought about the gift of gratitude and uh, also the gift of peace last week as we uh, thought about John 14. Today, uh, we will think about God's gift of hope. Uh, first, a question. How many of you uh, are crossword puzzle fans? Anybody enjoy? Yeah, we've got quite a few here. My mother, after she retired, did four crossword puzzles a day. And so it's kind of in my, my genes a little bit. And, and you know I'm a pun lover, and you're also aware that crossword puzzle clues often are you know, punished in, in such certain situations. So I, I enjoy an occasional crossword puzzle, usually. Uh, once in a while... Uh, I, I get completely stumped. Have you ever come across one of those puzzles where, especially on the weekends where they're bigger and harder and more blank? <laughs> and I'll stare at it and I'll get nothing. And I'll just sit there frustrated and, and I'll just toss the paper away and, and walk away from it. And then I'll go back and take a peek again. And somehow, you know, I don't know how things work, but you'll look at it and something clicks and you, and you get a word. And then that word leads to another word, and that word leads to another word, and suddenly things start getting filled in. I think that might be a helpful way to think about uh, these words today from Romans 5. Uh, Rob did a great job of outlining uh, the sequence here in Romans 5, but we've got a little bit of a graphic here. If we think about a crossword puzzle, we, we, we all have suffered. We know what suffering's about. Uh, suffering leads us to that next step, which is uh, endurance, uh, and, and Rob has talked about that already. Suffering and endurance lead to character. Character literally means to be um, 
proved and, and tested, and, and uh, those three things can lead us on to finally uh, hope. And uh, Romans tells us that hope has come, uh, but it's yet to come. And so there's kind of a paradoxical understanding about all of that. We, we live with hope, but we also pray uh, and work and hope for the time when God's realm will be fully uh, realized. Hope connects us to the ongoing vitality of God's love, which has been poured into our hearts, as Romans says, by the Spirit which sustains us. So I think there is an appropriate question that comes from this text today as well. Uh, For what do you hope? You know, last week I posed the question, what troubles your heart? As we thought about John 14, 1. A couple of questions for us today might be these. In what ways do you suffer? And for what do you hope? Hope is one of several significant theological words that loses its power by the ways we use it in our day-to-day conversation, I think. Uh, sometimes we throw good God words around fairly lightly, and, and maybe when it comes to hope, we throw that word around too easily as well, and we hope for things that may not be all that high on God's uh, priority list. Lucy and Linus were talking about hope in a Peanuts cartoon, and Lucy says, Patty and Violet and I are planning to go on a picnic tomorrow, and I hope to goodness that it's sunny and doesn't rain. And Linus the prophet says, hoping to goodness is not theologically sound. Uh, good words from Linus, but how often do we diminish the meaning of the word hope? We hope it's sunny for our picnics and parties and ball games and soccer matches. We hope our team wins. We hope to get the correct toppings on our pizza or get our restaurant menu order or correct. You know, we, we hope to win the lottery. We hope to be liked on Facebook. We hope our tweets go viral. We, we hope to get what we want. And the list goes on and we throw the word around. But in the midst of all of that critical stuff, <clears throat> for, what, for what does God hope? For an end to poverty? An end to injustice? Uh, an end to hunger? Uh, for an end to dissension and strife and, and war? For an end to ethnic cleansing and global apathy? For the health and well-being of, of Mother Earth? for all children to have food and water and soap and security and love. For what does God hope? There are times I think we need to reclaim the language of God, the language of the Spirit, the language of hope. There are times I think we, we're, we need to lean in a Godward direction when life presents us with very difficult circumstances. You know, people around us just think we're nuts. They will, they'll cry out. They'll say, God, give up. It's hopeless. You know, just forget about where, where is your God now in the midst of all this? Where, where is God now? And yet, as Scripture reminds us, we hope against hope that the future is in God's hands. And, and you know about those times. Those times when we use the H word as a gut-wrenching, knee-bruising, heart-aching prayer, we hope that she'll stop drinking and taking drugs because it's killing her. 
We hope that he'll stop suffering from so much depression and thoughts about ending his life. We hope the marriage will last. We hope our family can get along. We hope the tests are negative. We hope she will not pass away. We, we hope. We hope for an end to shootings and terrorist attacks and war. We, we hope that God is listening, that God hears our, our prayers, our suffering becomes fertile ground for God's seeds of hope to take root. In, in what ways do you suffer? And for what do you hope? And, and where in the world do where in the world do we look for hope as the people of God? And and, and I, I mean hope here. I'm not talking about optimism. I'm not talking about positive thinking. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm, I'm talking about about hope. Christian hope. Since we are people of the book, on on the basis of the the biblical witness. I think we look first to the places that are difficult, the places of suffering and, and stress. And that means if we want to see where God is more likely to be found in this world, we look to the difficult places. We look at the places where troubles seem to become the new norm. It's like the line some airline pilots use as they fly into certain countries around the world, which just seem to be so backward. Uh, they'll, sometimes they'll say, you know, we're about to land. Set your watches back 300 years. It's the way it is in some places on the planet. Peter Gomes said, even in the Middle East, hope emerges from suffering, for it is the fear of peace and hope over bitter experience that causes people, for some reason, to want to kill the dreamers and the dreams. But he said it didn't work for Joseph. It didn't work for Jesus. It will not work because hope does not deny the circumstances of the present, and hope does not help us get out of our difficulties. Hope doesn't get us out, but hope does get us through. A bank, a bank in a large city came up with a terrific, terrific uh, marketing idea. The executives wanted to put together a public relations brochure that would describe the bank's uh, community reinvestment program in the neighborhood in that part of the city. And so they displayed posters in the local schools and uh, they invited children to submit pictures and essays. And the theme was very simple, my neighborhood. The bank president said, the responses stunned us. They expected, you know, bright crayon drawings of trees and flowers and birds and, and funny little stories about different people on the block. But Gail, eight years old, wrote, you know, there's a lot of shooting near my house. Tim, 12, wrote, I live in a slum. Some call it hell on earth. Pictures included uh, what seemed to be normal scenes at first, but you would see, if you look closely, uh, images of drug dealing, transactions, and other types of violence. And birthdays in the neighborhood were noted not by he turned 10, but he made 10. He made it to 10. The pictures and essays eventually evolved into a, a different project, a book. 
And to read it is profoundly moving and disturbing, but ultimately inspiring because somehow these little ones, these, these kids are still so full of hope. Tim added in his comments, people say my area is the worst place on earth, but, but I'm surviving and I, I have a bed where I can sleep and I still have some, some family who love me. In what ways do you suffer? For what do you hope? Seems that we must live with hope, yet we cannot live by hope alone. It's fine to hope for the best, but that's not enough. We tolerate too much, I think, in the hope that things will eventually improve, that someone out there is going to do something about this, you know. We've seen dramatic examples in the news. We have noted on the streets of Hong Kong, well over one million people protesting in the streets, making change happen. It's remarkable. We're seeing it in the people in Europe who are countering growing neo-Nazi and white supremacist movements, and that's happening in far too many places in the world and far too many countries, including ours. We see it in those who continue to fight for equal rights since the Stonewall riots happened 50 years ago, and so we've got to pay attention, got to pay attention to what's going on in those difficult places around us, and we've got to pay attention to words and actions. We have to hang on to good news, even and especially (laughs) in church. Someone tuned into a radio station in eastern Kentucky and uh, came across the voice of one of those hell and damnation preachers. Ever had that experience? You know, <laughs> uh, she heard the voice of the preacher. She was about to switch stations uh, when uh, the preacher had this line. Uh, and finally, sinners, I'd like to say that we're all going to hell, in it? And he was cut off right there. His time was up. That was the end of it. And then the announcer came on and commented, <clears throat> This message of hope and encouragement has been brought to you by. (laughs) You know, even preachers and people of faith get overwhelmed by the weight of what's going on in our community and country and world, but we cannot give in to the common heresies of hope. We hear these statements, and if we do, I hope we'll challenge them. We hear things like, it's too late, nothing can be done, get real, give up. What's the use? It's hopeless, and we we cannot do that. We can't give up hopeful mission and ministry efforts. That's why I love Summers at Beargrass, because the church leaves the building and embraces hopeful work in so many ways. Someone said, I love this line, someone said, hope is believing in spite of the evidence and then eventually watching the evidence change. Henry Nouwen expressed it even more eloquently. He said, hope means to keep living amid desperation and to keep humming in the darkness, knowing that there is love. Hope is to trust in tomorrow. Hope is falling asleep and waking up again when the sun rises the next day. Hope is in in the midst of a gale at sea to discover land in the eyes of others. It is to see that they understand you. 
as long as there is still hope, there all, will also be prayer. And as long as they are, there is prayer, we will be held in the hands of God. In a British art museum, there is a painting called Hope. We have a, a picture of it here. It's a fairly dark image. So we may have to cut down the lights for you to get a sense of what's going on. And I'll try to fill in the blanks for you a little bit here. But this, this is a painting called Hope. Uh, you'll see that there's a woman who is seated on what appears to be uh, the earth. And <laughs> it's, it's one of the, the old-fashioned harps. You'll see that she's blindfolded. You'll see if perhaps uh, at the top strings, broken strings dangling from the top piece. And then you can't see it here, but there are other strings that are broken in her lap. She's blindfolded because hope that is seen is not hope. You remember that image from Romans 8 and, and the harp just has one one string still attached. A curator of the museum tells about two people who stared at this painting for a while and noted how little of the harp was still intact. And one said to the other, Hope? Hope? How can they call this painting Hope? And perhaps the reason is that from Moses to Mary Magdalene until now, the harp of hope has always been a broken instrument. Hope is always almost lost or it would not be hope. And hope is being aware of all of that and yet being willing to still play that one string. Hope is being aware, but still playing one string. Thanks, Dr. Bond, for a wonderful message, and thank you for listening. We would love to see you around the table at any of our weekend worship services. You can find all of our worship times, location, and upcoming events on our website at www.beargrass.org. If you like what you're hearing, you can always hit the donate button. All gifts go to further the mission and ministry of Beargrass Christian Church. Please do remember to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and be sure to check out our website. Until next time, grace and peace.